This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. You know, today on the calendar was Yudchas Tammuz, but we commemorated all the things that happened on Shavasa Betamuz, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But uh, I'm sure everyone knows about the son of Petira, Rav Shmuel Yehuda Levin, Rosh Hashiva in Chicago, young man, relatively young. I uh, know someone who was telling me about him. He was a big masmid. I'm sure many of you maybe even heard that Hespedim today. But uh, I know someone who knew him when he was younger. He told me that he used to go into Besmerish Tula and he would run up the steps like he was, you know, he couldn't get it fast enough. And he would leave Besmerish, he'd walk very slowly because he was going away from the Torah. So he wasn't running away from the Torah. It was like a Tinnik Abrecham Yisrael When he was running towards Beis Medrash, he would run with such excitement to learn. He was known for being a big masmid. He listened to his spade. and listened to the way people spoke about him. It was, uh, they were definitely grooming him to be one of the future big gedel of our generation. And uh, sadly, he was taken from us uh, last night. So his, uh, our learning tonight should be his chuspah, his neshama. And, um, and now we add to the list of things that take place in Kalei history and Shavasa Batamas. We have a Mishnah in the end of Mesechah's Tainus. The Mishnah tells us of five things that took place on Shavasa Batamas. The Mishnah gives you the list of them. Now often when I play this game with Talmidim and I ask them, list me the five, they always forget the first one. What are the five? So we'll leave out the first one. So the five are Batala Tamid. They stopped being allowed to bring the very important carbon Tamid. V'hof Kair. The walls of the city were broken. V'sarif Apostomus has Hatayra. Apostomus burned either a Torah or the Torah, which means the specific Torah that we had from Ezra that was so reliable. And the last one was the Hemet Selim Beheicha. And they put up a Selim in the, in the Heicha. Again, does this mean Melch Menashe did it during Bais Rishon, or this was Apostomus during Bais Sheni is a discussion. Those are the four everyone knows. The first one that I found with the, at least the younger generation had trouble remembering was the first one. What's the first one? Shebri Luchais. It broke the Luchais. Now it's ironic, the first one should be the first one everyone knows. That's in the Chumash. It doesn't say in the Chumash was on Shavasa Batamas. The Gemara has a whole drasha, how do we know it was Shavasa Batamas? But at the end of the day, the first one was Shvir Saluchas. And the observation that you have to make is, that one seems not to fit the other four. The other four things that happened in Shavasa Batamas are connected to the Chorban. They're connected to the Beis HaMikdash, they're connected to the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, they're connected to enemies of the Jewish people. We get the common denominator. But where does Shvir Saluchas fit in? If anything, Shvir Saluchas was Maish Rabbeinu doing. One of, one of ours. Our greatest leader broke the Luchas. It took place before there was even a Beis HaMikdash. So what is the connection between Shvir Saluchas and the other four things that we read in the Mishnah? We'll come back to that, if time allows us. Let's just quickly go through some of the things that the Mishnah mentioned to have a better understanding of what happened today in Jewish history. So we have the idea of the this, the walls of the city were broken. So the Gemara Mitzvah has a problem. The Gemara has a kasha that if you look in the Navi, the Navi has a different date for when the, the, the walls were, were broken. The Navi says it happened on the ninth day of Tammuz. So Frank the Gemara, why is it the 17th? So the Gemara gives the easy answer. There are two Baltimikdashim. Both times the walls of the city were broken and ultimately then the base of Midrash was destroyed. So Bayis Rishon was talking the ninth of Tammuz like the Navi records. And Ba'ishen was talking Shavasa Batamus. That's how the Gemara ends off. So the Rishonim, the Ramban, and others are bothered with the Kasha. So why do we fast Shavasa Batamus and not the ninth of Tamus? Which one wins? So the Ramban writes that Ba'ishen wins. 
Why is Bayi Shenuin? Because it's more Chomer. That's how we pass it in Shulchan Aruch. If you take a look in Shulchan Aruch, the Mechaber Taka records this halacha as a metafkov mentes. The Mechaber writes that even though it happened twice in history that the walls were broken, but Bayi is more Chomer, and therefore we fast on Bayi Shen. Ah, why can't we fast both days? So Mr. Buru, the Ramban already writes, we shouldn't write, you can't expect people to fast two days. Even though they're not back to back. They're one after, they're, they're a few days in between. The 9th to the 17th of this year, I think the 9th fell out either on Friday or Shabbos this year. But it would be a, it would be a significant break, says the Paiskin, we don't expect someone to fast both days, you're asking too much from someone. Therefore, we never mandated both, we have to pick one, so we picked the second base, and make sure we pick Shabbos at the top. However, well, what? No, okay, well, right. So there's more days, some G'day Tim Kippur, it's less, right? I guess in Kippur we keep on a wiggle room, it's state in the Torah. Um, some of you should push away some G'day, right? It might be Nitzchah anyway, some G'day. I ain't the Magen Avram over there. Um, so Magen Avram brings down an interesting Chumrah. Magen Avram brings down a Baal Nefesh, Shataka fast on the ninth day of Thomas. What does it mean to be a Baal Nefesh? It means you can handle two days. It's not so hard for you. You can handle two days. So Magen Avram writes a Baal Nefesh, you should fast two fasts. Now, the Magen Avram ends off, maybe not. Why not? Because there's a Yerushalmi. An amazing Yerushalmi. Taisus in Rosh Hashanah quotes a Gavaldic Yerushalmi, which is, if me and you would say such a thing, we'd be called a Kaifer. Yerushalmi says that we're making a mistake. Avad in both Bad and Mikdashim, the walls were, were, made, were broken in on Shavas of Atamas. I did not state the ninth, says it was a, tip, a type of mistake. They got it wrong. They thought it was the ninth, they got so confused, they were so movable because of their war, they thought it was the ninth of Tammuz. But Avad, it's really Shavas of Tammuz. So therefore, says the Machtz Ashaka, one second. If you go like Yushalmi, then you get no credit if you fast on the ninth day of, 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 of Tammuz. According to Yushalmi, nothing happened on the ninth day of Tammuz. It was just misrecorded on the ninth day of Tammuz. Therefore, says the Magen Avram, but if you hold like the Yushalmi, then there's no reason to fast on the ninth day of Tammuz. That's how he ends off. Interestingly enough, if you look in the Mishtabura, Burah doesn't even bring down this minog of a Baal Nefesh to be machmir to fast on the ninth day of Tammuz. Why not? So some people say because the Mishtabura knew it was, it was too hard for us. No, that's not the Pshat L'Chayr. The Pshat is because according to Yushalmi, there's no machmir for such a Chumrah. If you go like Yushalmi, that it never happened on the ninth day of Tammuz, then there's no reason why you should fast on the ninth day of Tammuz. The only kasha that is schwer a little bit over here is that we know the Gemara tells us in Tainus, that Tisha B'Av has more Chumras. Why does Tisha B'Av have more Chumras in other fasts? Because Huchfulu Atzar. What does Huchfulu Atzar mean? It means the exact same thing happened twice. What's the exact same thing? The Beis HaMikdash was destroyed not once, but twice, on the same day on Tisha B'Av. So, Fekti Achrayinim, according to the Yushalmi, so was Shavas of Atamus. Because Shavas of Atamus had that exact same day on the 17th. The walls were broken twice. So, why don't we find that Shavas of Atamus takes on the Chumra of Huchfulu Atzar? That's a kasha that Achorinim have on this Yushami. But again, that's not the version of the Bavli. According to the version of the Bavli, there's a difference between Bayish Rishon and Bayish Shein. Very big kid, so what happened with Apostomus burning the Torah? So again, we mentioned that, that uh, Apostomus lived during Bayish So he destroyed the Sefer Torah. So if you learn that the way that there's a Diak in the Mishnah, you have to read it up, Saraf Es HaTorah. Not just Apostomus burnt a Torah. Of course, uh, the burning of a Torah itself would be a tragedy. But it has to be served. Apostomus has had Torah, the specific Torah which was, uh, we had from the times of Ezra, which was reliable, and that was really a, a break in the chain of Messiah, of reliability of a safer Torah. Then we have Huma Tzelem Behecha. So again, also to Pshatim. Either this was Apostomus also did this, or this was done by Melech Menashe, one of ours, during Bayis Rish. 
The last thing in the Mishnah was the bottle hatomit. They stopped bringing the carbon tomit. So there's a lot to talk about. Maybe in other years we did talk about why exactly does the carbon tomit get get its own recognition? Obviously, they're not going to bring any carbonus once the base of Megdash is not functioning. So why do you single out the carbon tomit? So the Pashtus is the carbon tomit represents the unity of Klai Yisrael. The carbon tomit was the was the carbon bore on behalf of all of Klai Yisrael. All colors and stripes, all walks of life were included in the carbon tomit. That's why the carbon tomit had to be the first carbon and the last carbon. Everything was sandwiched between it because all our private carbonas are only as strong as our public carbon, the carbon tomit. So the carbon, the, the carbon tomit represented the kayak of Klai Yisrael's achtos, which we spoke about on Shabbos. That's the simple pshat in the, in the, the godless of the carbon tomit. The other pshat that people talk about in the godless of the carbon tomit has to do with the fact that it was consistent. It was every single day. It never missed. That's, that's, it's godless. There's a famous Marsha, they spoke about it on the Hespedim today, if you listen, you heard them quote this quite a few, it's brought down in many places, the Marsha is in Bechiris, Tavches. Marsha in Bechiris points out the 21 days that we have between Shavuos and Tamas and Tishavov is the same 21 days we have between Rosh Hashanah and Hashanah Rabbah. It's Marsha, Dishkechsi Dishareb, Marsha writes this in Bechiris. And he writes, just like those 21 days are there for us to be mesakin, to be mechaper, and to get tikkun avera. So to these 21 days that we're experiencing right now, that we just uh, kicked off with Shilas B'Talmas, its purpose is also to work on ourselves, and to get slicha v'kapara, and to improve ourselves. So it could be the carbon Talmud was the beginning of that. Because the carbon Talmud was the unity of Christ. Well, without unity, we go nowhere. We don't have achtos. We're not all together. We have nothing. So that carbon Talmud represented Klai Yisrael's unity, Klai Yisrael's achtos. And that's a very important carbon. Well, let's just get back to our original kasha. The original kasha is what does Shvir Saluches have to do? We're done. Okay, we don't get to react to the original kasha. We'll leave everyone hanging with the original kasha. Why exactly was Shvir Saluches the first of the list of the Mishnah? It doesn't seem to fit the other things in the Mishnah.